0: And we're live, <laughs> that was so cheesy, so crap. Oh. Uh, hello and welcome to uh, Imp on LOP Radio or LP Radio's YouTube thing, whatever you want to call it. Uh, my name is Matt Mayer, A.K.A. Imp, and this is the second time I'm doing this with video. Ooh. If you want to look at cartoon me, let's put the mouse really far away. Ah, oh, cartoon me for, for a second with peak lazy Photoshop. <laughs> Just yes, I, I. I spent time on that, <laughs> yeah. uh, the lockdown has made us all weird, <laughs> so that's what I spent my day on. Uh, anyway, so uh, today we're going to be talking about, actually let's just get this out of the way so I can actually just see everything. Anyway, so I will be talking about uh, WWE Backlash and the build for it so far. Um, I have switched off of the stream thing, so I can't actually see me. (laughs) That's really weird. I don't know if I like that or not. We'll figure it out, maybe. I don't know if I prefer being able to see comments come in or if I prefer to see me move my arms about at a delayed speed. Anyway, WWE Backlash. This is great audio content as well, because part of this goes out on the uh, Lords of Pain Radio... What's the bloody... Red Circle. (laughs) There we go on the uh, Red Circle thing. Also, this video immediately has been limited for ads and it's not even aired yet. So I uh, see pain happening. Did, did they misunderstand? Did they think Edge was a woman covering up? <laughs> why? why? Uh, so it's been limited ads and it's not even aired yet. <laughs> so wrestling, the context is wrestling in these shots. <laughs> I just Literally just typed in funny and I've searched for way too long. For funny pictures that were perfect. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Imp is live on uh, LP Radio. It'll be going out on Red Circle whenever the audio feed is available. I would like to record this audio like, in real time. But there's just not enough computer power that I've got to be able to do everything at once. So that sucks. Also, internet speeds... And oh yeah, just a reminder as well that I have uh, been trying to set this up for a little while, and the best I can do at the moment in the lockdown world where everybody's bought webcams and things and everything's ever sold out of really expensive, uh, I want to get a decent one. I don't want it to be crap. So at the moment you're stuck with a laptop webcam, so you see noise all over the place or like da, 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 da. Hence why I've got all the lights on <laughs> in the at midnight. <laughs> it's Just a, yeah, just use up all the electricity. That'd be bloody great, wouldn't it? Right, just check things before I get going. So as I've baffled on long enough. So, yeah. so, my name is Matt Mayer, a.k.a. The Implications, or Imp, from uh, Lords of Pain, slash Wrestling Headlines, as it's now become. You can follow me on Twitter, at the damn Implicat, that's damn as in, damn! I've got to stop doing that. I've <laughs> got to think of a new one. Uh, I will, I now, yeah, in terms of, like, coverage of things, I... I now and then tweet. I'm not the most active accountant in the world, I'll be perfectly honest, <laughs> but that's the best way to get in touch with me, because I am uh, on, that's the one I check the most, anyway. Yeah, uh, I've got an email. If people care. Read my columns to find it. <laughs> anyway, so I will uh, today be talking about WWE Backlash and the build that has happened to it because it's not just me. It has been a little bizarre, <laughs> right? It's been a little bit weird to the point where people are thinking. like it's a general thing on uh, like on Twitter. I see quite a few people saying they're just trolling us, right? They are definitely trolling us with this. It's not just me. Like just seeing the thing as a whole, forget rid of me. I said I forget rid of. There we go. Like the thing as a whole. With the greatest wrestling match ever. It's just such a weird thing. So, like, just a recap when that came about. Edge and Randy Orton delivering a serious promo in the middle of the ring to set up their match for Backlash, and they're kind of talking about setting up just a singles match together in the ring after the chaotic brawl of last time. Let's have a match instead. So they did that, and just suddenly, out the end, Caruso pops up, <laughs> and just kind of just segues us to the end of the show. And she says, uh, like, with the biggest live, she says, well, if this match were to happen, it would surely be the greatest wrestling... Uh, not, well, the greatest match of all time. I was going to say the greatest wrestling match of all time, but come on, even that's a bit much. <laughs> yeah, see, so pops up and says, the greatest wrestling match of all time. And everyone... And when it works, of course, I'm English, so I wasn't watching this live. I watched it the next day. And my Twitter feed was just full of people just going... What? <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> did you, what was that? <laughs> just Caruso out of nowhere, just popping up, <laughs> just proclaiming that. And it's just like, well, that was a bit odd. I wonder if they'll just drop that or oh, she didn't really know what to segue if That was a weird line fed to her, and then they heard it live, maybe they'll change it. Change it, they did not. Which is the story which makes this all a little bit bizarre, where this is a decided marketing idea. This isn't a. Like, Charlie Caruso just needed to segue to something, and they're like, S- Charlie, segue. And then she came up with something on top of her head. No, this has been decided by marketing. <laughs> this is a or Vince McMahon, or someone. Well, that's very, very different. <laughs> they have consciously decided this. And if they were to do this, my recommend... If they have to, <laughs> if they really have to, <laughs> my recommendation would at least be just lean into it. Like they did with Great Balls of Fire. Like if you're going to do that, lean into it, have the song, have a giant piano on fire, or, so, or the giant... No, I can't say that. <laughs> if you're going to do it, at least lean into it. And with this, that is what they've done. Just if you watched Smackdown last week, you would have heard for the first time the theme for this pay-per-view, which is a song from The Greatest Showman. <laughs> this is The Greatest Show. Uh, and they, I can't remember The Greatest Showman well enough I'm not a musical guy. Not really my thing. Enjoyed La La Land. Didn't care for the Greatest Showman. It's not not my cup of tea. But, I remember the song, but I can't remember if this is a Rocky cover. It's not going to be directly from the... I'm speaking awfulness. <laughs> the... I oh, just... It's so weird. <laughs> it's just so weird. So, well, at least they've lent into it, I guess. At least it's that. If you're looking for something, they've lent into it. They're going full shown-tuney. Is it... For a wrestling pay-per-view, it doesn't really fit. For the build they're doing, it doesn't really fit. <laughs> just, that song, with the greatest rationing match of all time, kind of... The thing that makes me laugh is it doesn't fit with the story being told by the performers at all. I did that to point to the performers and it turned out being really camp sprinklers. <laughs> it's not <like> sparklers. <laughs> but, oh, I keep reaching that. But yeah, it's so odd and strange. I'm fine. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> but the reason why it is strange, as I was just saying, is that it doesn't gel. It doesn't fit together. That hasn't the marketing for it, and the marketing hype, the build for the pay per view, and the way the rivalry is playing out. To move my hands to the other side, is like polar opposites. One is pure seriousness, and Edge's promo this week on Raw was a very good promo, and he got extremely serious. I could listen to that man tell stories all day. I mean, obviously, if you telling me a story, hopefully it's more upbeat, <laughs> but you can still, tell, yeah, he's a very, very good storyteller, at that edge. And of course, his acting lessons, obviously, have helped, his acting years have helped, and, yeah, the promos are good. They add severity, they add realism, whatever, blah, 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 they are just, yeah, they work perfectly. But to then put that with the, this is the greatest show, <laughs> it's just, it's really weird, it doesn't fit at all. <laughs> The, and Charlie Caruso's line I, uh, for me that was the thing that stood out the most was Edgman the Orton gave a promo that was just as serious as what I was just talking about then Charlie Caruso pops up and delivers the marketing line of that would be the greatest wrestling match of all time they are very jarring <laughs> it's very weird as my laptop sounds like it's about to take off so if you hear, high, hear a high pitched noise I uh, I apologise so, Yeah, again laptop webcam you deal with it <laughs> but yes it's bit mental not mental that's a bit much <laughs> it's, a, it's bizarre it's weird it's a bit jarring the rest of the pay-per-view I, uh, it's fine it's fine like, I've been really enjoying MVP as uh, Bobby Lashley's manager why couldn't I find that word I wanted to say something grander than that but no nothing manager because he's really good I've, uh, MVP as Bobby Lashley's manager works them finally pushing Bobby Lashley as that kind of dominator character that kind of reminiscent of what he was in Impact TNA can't remember if it was still TNA by that point because I thought his character in uh, TNA was... When he was holding all of the belts, I thought he was amazing. I thought he was brilliant. Then he went to WWE. He was like, oh, you do Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. The two dominators of these different worlds. That would be awesome. But no, Bobby Lashley can't have the dominating MMA lad gimmick. Because that's Brock Lesnar. He's the dominating MMA lad. Bobby Lashley can't also be that. In the world of WWE, you've got to be completely different from anybody else otherwise... We can't do the game. That's Brock's gimmick. Bobby Lashley can't do it. So Bobby Lashley just spent a couple of years jumping from bit to bit. Some of them were quite good. Some of them not so much. Sami Zayn. <laughs> if you don't, if you're not listening to me and my normal podcast before I've tried doing this stuff, the, uh, Bobby Lashley's uh, segment with Sami Zayn is responsible for me stopping watching WWE for the entirety of that summer. <laughs> because the thing that helps me uh, so just going into this in terms of the, because uh, I do do work for Lords of Pain, I write the columns, I do the podcast. I do the youtube thing here. Uh, I have been told that I am AW bias, I've been told I'm WWE bias, <laughs> it's, and the, uh, I'm clearly biased, not just bias, I'm clearly biased. <laughs> but either AW or WWE, depending on the column. But uh, the thing, obviously, that really helps with me to kind of cover WWE, the thing that's helped me the most... New Japan's my number one. That's the one I'm definitely biased towards. <laughs> like I am, I'm not impartial when it comes to New Japan. I have a blind love for it. It just ticks all of my boxes. It's perfect for me, and which means I'm kind of when I go to American wrestling, it's not my number one. So if they do something where I'm just like, oh, that's a bit naff, I just, I just leave. <laughs> I just turn it off. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's different now that I do a lot more for of Pain than I was like when I because when I uh, quit watching with Bobby Lashley. I was just writing columns, and I got to decide what I wanted. And I was jumping all over the place. I'd only been writing for a few months at that point, and I was still finding myself in terms of like the type of series I wanted to do. And I mostly was doing New Japan columns, which I was doing maybe not one every month, every week, but I was definitely doing a couple every single month for New Japan. And yeah, I was enjoying the time covering New Japan. And then Bobby Lashley did that. I was like, well, I can leave. In the past, obviously, compared to this year, I've been able to jump to the G1 Climax, to Dominion for New Japan. Their summers are amazing. And that's really helped. I've had a world I can jump into. Then when the G1 Climax is finished, I'm on an amazing high with wrestling. I can then jump back to WWE in time for SummerSlam. Where hopefully they've got their direction sorted out a little bit. Because they've got a final note to hit, which is SummerSlam. Because when WWE, like, after WrestleMania, and they've got those pay-per-views in, like, June... Quite often they can drift a bit and the product isn't really all together. But by the time you get to SummerSlam, they've decided on stuff that they want to definitely go in a direction with. And that really helped. Oh, that was a motion. But yeah, it's. We're at that point now where it's past WrestleMania. We're now at the second pay-per-view after WrestleMania. So we're reaching drift territory. But it's in a completely different world where they're not. They're not in the normal world where they can really drift like they did, but they are definitely trying to find themselves um, in this new world as well. Because one of the biggest things they've relied on is those older names, I guess in a way, or picking a select few stars and not really building the rest of the show that well. Uh, The current era of Raw especially really does, like, it's got such a massive feeling of new generation to it, or a new generation, not to directly compare it to new gen, but it feels like a new generation. A new era, and that really helps the show for me. I, I'm they're pushing young stars, and I feel like I should be getting behind these young stars. And for me, that really helps the show because that's w- what I like is seeing clearly a future being set up, not just a like of the of the month kind of procedural next enemy for a champion to defeat, and then you move on to that next one after that like that's not my cup of tea like the three-week story again why new japan is so much more in my wheelhouse is because their their storytelling is mostly it's all long term and quite often not stories will last careers Uh, arcs last careers stories and things can be a little bit shorter Uh, but you're talking years still and for me if something happens then that character is going to always remember that and it's going to be brought up and you're going to see like wrestlers with their matches and over the course of years those uh, matches you'll see them adapt to what's happened in previous ones. So their opponent will remember from the last time they met that this they did this counter and then they'll come up with their new own counter to stop it. But yeah, it's storytelling that just flows and I really like that. WWE is more comic book. Not to like, uh, I'm, not, I'm not calling it bad, I'm calling it different. And one's more my cup of tea than the other. But with this new era, it can. It feels like there's a more solid build because they've got to get behind these new characters. They can't really just jump from one thing to the next and disregard it for something else. Like last year was just all over the place. With because uh, uh, for the past two years, I flat out stopped watching, like all the way to uh, watching my Jiggy Madob. <laughs> what's the, what's it? Summerslam. I've just talked about it. I've stopped watching all the way to Summerslam for the past two years. This year. I wouldn't say sticking with it, <laughs> but I've not completely tuned out. I am still keeping up to date. I'm still checking things. I've not zoned out or anything like that. I am watching now and then, <laughs> I guess the way to put it. But it's, it's yeah, silence on a live stream. I've <laughs> not really... It's good things about it, but I'm not really super invested. And again, the thing that helps kind of for me... In terms of covering the shows, the thing that helps with that is I'm not going to get invested, and that doesn't mean I'm not getting invested in anything in wrestling because I've got New Japan. Obviously now I don't, <laughs> with everything that's going on, but it's still in that case I don't have, to, I don't have to feel I don't feel like I have to get into some kind of wrestling in America to like maintain my wrestling fandom. If if, if WWE piss me off uh, or they do something where I'm just like ah. Uh, Nah, I'll just watch something else. Like, nothing as grand as pissing off. Just a bit like, ah, I just want to watch something else. That's a feeling you can get. <laughs> totally justified. But if they if that happens, then I could just jump to a different promotion. My wrestling needs will be fine. <laughs> I'm months behind on progress still, from before the lockdown. <laughs> I've got wrestling to watch. <laughs> it's just enjoy my money progress. <laughs> I need to catch up at some point. But I. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've drifted off from that the point of the pay per view to like WWE as a whole, but we are in that era of normally this at this point they drift. This pay per view has a bloody massive bug flow. <laughs> flies my door. Uh, with this pay per view, it still feels like they are building to something. They're building these new guys. Drew uh, McIntyre is getting a good build of Bobby Lashley, and Bobby Lashley feels like he's getting some kind of build with MVP. So it doesn't feel like a challenge of the month in the way that it does like a reestablishing of a a reestablishing of a character via the challenger of the month which means there's, absolutely subs- there's actually substance to it it's not just random and I like that there's meaning behind it or at least there's a long term potential rather than we're going to give this guy this push and then a week from now blah. Uh, Jinder Mahal as well I can't believe was- <laughs> that's not a sentence I was expecting to say Jinder Mahal feels like the guy who could easily have a decent rivalry with Drew McIntyre but they've not rushed it. They've brought him back, and what is is he's going to be a babyface. Don't know for how long. They could even do babyface versus babyface. 3MB face-off for, I guess, make a decent thing of it. And that doesn't sound awful to me. <laughs> 2017, me hates me right now. But, yeah, I don't hate that idea. Just a slow, because of one of the biggest issues for me with Jinder Mahal's like main event run last time was it was so transparent and so rushed that... Yeah, it was just not handled well at all. And again, transparency for the reason of it happening didn't help either. Then you get to this time around, and they might be taking a slow build with it, just like, like Becky—not Becky. What's her face? Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks and Bailey. Yeah, Bailey. The two Bs did me in. Yeah, Banks and Bailey. They—they're having their rivalry play out really slowly. And then there was the rumors coming out that WWE have changed their minds again to run it even slower and just kind of let it play out because uh, everybody—if you go on Twitter—it's like, yeah, it's running to SummerSlam but could they do even longer? Do they have something planned or some kind of thing in their head where they want a genuine crowd reaction to it? Because the fans in attendance, they I've not actually touched upon that as I drift about from topic to topic, slowly making my way back to backlash. But with everything, with, with everything going on, you can understand why there was no crowd. And AEW have the massive benefit of being outside. So they've not really had to wait for... Uh, the lockdown to kind of loosen a bit because they were outside. They had a massive advantage in that they could try that out a lot earlier and not feel like they were risking as much as compared to WWE in a like, cramped environment because they're inside. And you've already got a lot of people for production. Because even though it's like referee, wrestlers and commentators, if that's five people, oh, that's not many. The, in- the entire crew for production is massive, <laughs> even if it's a skeleton crew. You're talking quite a few people to run that. And that's including the backstage in the truck, uh, the people behind the canvas, behind the sound, behind everything. There's a lot of people. So for both companies, there's a lot of people off camera running everything. So the rooms were packed anyway, so I can understand why WWE didn't also then go, well, let's just put a crowd of people in there like AEW are doing. Yeah. Florida's been loose, but I don't know if they would have like immediately jumped to. Let's put even more people in. But now, after, especially after watching Double or Nothing and hearing how well it works, and with, I don't know if rules have loosened in Florida, allowing both allowing both promotions to have a bit more. Like, AW, there are people in the crowd. I'm assuming they're a crew, and they weren't just randoms that were there. That They were, again, they were in the stadium, which is outside, so you can space them out quite a bit. Oh, wow, I can't get the dimensions right on this camera. It's like, oh, I'm crap with mirrors. <laughs> there you go. You space them out a bit. <laughs> finally found it. Uh, But yeah, so you can, AW have another advantage in that. They've got more ways to generate sound because of their location. Uh, With uh, WWE, it's a slightly different dynamic to AW, where AW have the faces on the left-hand side of the camera, and the other way round, heels on the left-hand side, faces on the right, and each side will cheer for the good guys to the bad guys, and everybody knows who that is, and I like that dimension. It's... And have got a strong 90s-ness to them In the way they run, run certain things And that's one of them like, It's, a, it's a nice little production thing And I really like that but Then with WWE I think on Aftershock On Sunday Live after w nothing I was joined by Xan Man of uh, Dynamite After Dark And Kingdom of Honor After uh, We talk talking about it then And it just reminds me of uh, Xbox's E3 press conferences <laughs> Where if you've ever watched uh, it's time to get nerdy with video game stuff. If I'm not nerdy enough talking about wrestling to a wall at half past midnight <laughs> in the morning. For some reason people listen. But with, uh, with with the WWE in their crowd, it felt like the yeah Xbox my, actually, the, uh, the Xbox press conference at E3 where you've got people in the crowd who are staffed. And they just like cheer for everything, like woo, we love you, Phil Spencer, woo, I love you, <laughs> you're amazing, woo. And he points to the crowd, and Phil Spencer, I think I'm the CEO or high up, uh, high, high high up person for Xbox. He just like points to the crowd, like ah, love you too, yeah, yeah, love you too, yeah, yeah, and you, yeah, and you, yeah. But he's, he's not Keanu Reeves, <laughs> he's not that cool. Uh, but yeah, so it's employees in the crowd telling their boss that they love him. Yeah, it's not the same, <laughs> it's, I was a bit of a chill to it, uh, and the crowd weren't that, but it felt, it did feel a bit like, Ooh, let's make as much noise and cheer for everything as possible, everything's amazing, woo! It's so much better than an empty crowd, uh, but it, there is a difference, and I don't know which one I prefer. Do I prefer making noise for everything, or you've got a uh, face side and the heel side and they cheer respectively? Uh, I like we've had a difference. Uh, and I do like how WWE just straight up haven't done identically what AW did. They've put people there and they cheer for everything. Re- they react to everything. No one's really a massive heel or a massive face until they do a thing. Which is, I guess, a bit representative of the WWE crowds. where where that smarkiness where they cheer for the bad guys and boo the good guys kind of uh, territories. Where, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to... React to the thing that happens rather than the person. My laptop is really about to take off, so again, I do apologise. So much to do. Oh, my internet is so bad <laughs> that I can't connect to chat. So that's great. I'm still live though. So if you send anything in, I'm not going to be able to see it because that, that kind of sucks. Uh, anyway, I will just actually check I've still got internet. I'm not going I am. Yeah, I have. I have. That's great. Ooh oh, of a second, lost everything. <laughs> we're fine, we're fine. Oh, but my... yeah, we're fine. Right, anyway, amazing piece of podcasting, especially. I'm not going to cut it out. <laughs> Leave it all in. So yeah, so with backlash, it's got a good sense of direction in terms of building long term to stuff, establishing characters, they're still in that stage where there's a lot of blood coming, a lot of new blood coming in, and a lot getting featured. Angel garza has been a really nice one where he's now entering quite a big feud with Kevin Owens. They must be pretty happy with what's going on with Angel Garza, with his performances and everything. Uh, On WWE, on, uh, I can't say it, on WWE.com, they've replaced Becky Lynch with Angel Garza on the image with all of their PNG images behind the logo. Uh, They've got all of them there. What am I talking about? (laughs) Angel Garza. They've replaced Angel Garza. No, replaced Becky Lynch with Angel Garza. Bloody hell, it's hot. (laughs) So they've... They they clearly believe in Angel Garza and now they're giving him a feud with Kevin Owens as well. And he won with dastardly Needs, and he got over his character. Again, really nice that that was a thing. They got over Kevin Owens' character. Not Kevin Owens' character. They got over Angel Garza's character in defeat of Kevin Owens. And a, a sign that that worked was that I didn't see many tweets going, oh my god, he just buried Kevin Owens. He just lost this new guy, Angel Garza. What are you doing? Like I didn't see that. And that kind of tells me that the character of Angel Garza is compelling enough where you can do that sort of thing. He's ticking so many boxes that you can see it as the character and the story. It doesn't feel like in the past where a thing has happened and you really like, he, he get told, ah, ''Tranquillo, tranquillo, asenao, calm down, Just calm down, it's gonna be fine, it's gonna be fine, it's gonna be perfectly fine.'' We're telling a story, you'll see it play out over time. And then maybe you'll see something change uh, in something like with Becky Lynch when she turned heel. And, but she didn't, because <laughs> the fans were so with her. But then she cut a promo on, in spite of the fact that fans were totally with her. Heel turn or not, she then cut a promo on the crowd, saying you were never with me. Which again, it was just generic heel promo, which completely ignored the fact that even if she turned heel, the crowd was with her. And it was just like, well, that's jarring with reality. But with Angel Garza... As, again, that, that crowd reaction isn't there, and the crowd reaction that is there is obviously again, E three Microsoft employees cheering the boss. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, they're going to be cheering for everything, but again, it has so much to the atmosphere. But yes, yeah, so Angel are a nice, really character pushed. We're going to see a lot of benefit with with that. Drew McIntyre as champion again feels like a character being established, which really really helps the entire picture. I've really enjoyed Drew McIntyre as champion. He's got a lot of believable credibility and that it's just so refreshing that it's not Brock Lesnar or somebody where there's been some form of gripe while you're waiting for things just to move on. Uh, Seth Rollins could have been that guy and then the feuds we got just kind of just diluted everything. Just all of the goodwill after WrestleMania just slowly dissipated. Uh, He didn't have himself with the whole Twitter, Not, not exactly having the best Twitter game. But, as we've seen with people like Will Ospreay, you can have an awful Twitter game and then just kind of focus on this, like, just not Twitter. <laughs> and you can actually improve. And that really, really helps. It's a bloody go away. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know what I was talking about there. <laughs> but, yeah, so the wider picture of the pay-per-view, there are some genuinely great characters being built. And I'm looking forward to it. It's just... Yeah. The Edge-Randy Orton thing is, again, a decent build, it's just the marketing doesn't match it at all, it makes it truly bizarre. <laughs> again, we see conversations are of, oh, are we being trolled here with this? this this go full-on in with it? It's just a bit of lark and fun. But yeah, I'll be fine with that. It worked with Great Balls of Fire, but with Great Balls of Fire, it didn't then completely clash with the tone of the story which the pay-per-view is kind of named after. Which It's such a serious story with Edge Van Randy Orton. Where there's only really two possibilities here. Possibility number one. They genuinely try to have the greatest wrestling match of all time. And obviously fail. <laughs> Which like, I doubt. Oh, it's, it's, it's a debate where I'm giving WWE credit. Where I doubt they truly believe. That if Edge and Randy Orton put on a match. In, in a current era world. If they put on a match in the ring that I doubt they truly believe it would without a doubt be the greatest wrestling match ever. I doubt they believe that. (laughs) Which then gives the other kind of outcome, likelihood, that Randy Orton does something heelish that costs everybody of the greatest wrestling match ever. This could have been the greatest thing to ever... be on our screens. (laughs) That was a bigger word there. (laughs) for to the sheer presence of this match could have enlightened everybody but no randy orton had to be cheeky randy orton had to ruin everything and yeah i'm just gonna check everything he's still running oh bloody randy orton <laughs> just ruining everything uh, but that's the only other outcome i can think of if they don't do that what are they going to do because <laughs> again if you market it as the greatest wrestling match ever and you've got this show toony thing like It feels so kind of hammy and trolly, it's like, you're not going to give it us, and this is May as well, the second pay-per-view afterwards, this is the perfect time to start building to SummerSlam. Uh, But at the same time, if you do this, they are eventually going to have a match. But that one would also... it's weird, (laughs) because that one can't possibly be the greatest wrestling match ever. Maybe because there's too much heat in there. We can't, we can't possibly have just a straight-up wrestling match where we both see who was the best wrestler of them all. Like, we can't have that match because we're too angry. There's too much heat. We can only have a massive brawl. I guess that's your, that's your right out. <laughs> but, like, really, they can't do the thing where they have the greatest wrestling match. Because it won't be. And it'll be weird. <laughs> and I doubt WWE believe their own hype that much. <laughs> there's... This, this, this no, They're not that afloat. Uh, at least that still, they're still grounded somewhat. In some kind of reality. <laughs> so I, I highly doubt that's the case. But with the cheeky route. And then you can do the storyline of. Oh you cost everybody. The greatest wrestling match ever. You prick. I, I guess. Again it doesn't fit with the tone of the promos from Edge or Orton. <laughs> it doesn't fit at all. But I guess that's your. Kind of work around either than that, or Eddie and Randy Orton have got their story, and it's just really weird marketing. <laughs> That's the other possibility that it's been decided by either Vince or by marketing, and they're like, It's a genius idea, we're going with it. We can have the show team from the greatest showman, and we can do all this and that. And it doesn't really matter what the actual context of the show is, we'll just go with it. I was like, Yeah, sure, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> why not? Uh, it's It's truly. It's jarring, so they can't possibly just go ahead with it. They have to do something. What? I don't know. We'll wait and see. Ugh. Anyway, but uh, from the Smackdown side, I've not really talked about that, we have got Bray Wyatt versus Miz and Morrison. Again, feels like filler. Uh, character being established for Strowman, even though uh, out of every, like the Raw side is doing a really good job. And of establishing characters, that's why it feels very nudged on Raw. While Smackdown still feels kind of like it's clinging to the pre-Covid era. They're still clinging to certain storylines and ways of telling their characters and stories and things. Uh, The thing that's really helped, I think, is like Money in the Bank happening, actually. Because he got the Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman story and they used that as a way to set up stuff for the future. And in the meantime, he can build the world up around them whilst Bray Wyatt does his turn. And kind of, he and Strowman getting their initial match out of the way has really helped. And SmackDown as a whole has really benefited. They've got the Intercontinental Championship Tournament as well, which again is another thing that has really benefited SmackDown. Bailey Sasha Banks, I'm one of those people who's really enjoying the slow turn. I don't need, again, because I'm a massive New Japan fan, another example is I don't need blatant character progression and steps every single week. But if I can see tension building, then I'm fine with that. At the moment, it's still potential tension. Which, again, I'm fine with. That is perfectly fine writing. <laughs> it's, it's the reason in WWE you might get a bit of pushback to it because that is not the pace the viewers are used to. It's a, Normally, WWE is a breakneck pace. Or if it's not, the story is so blatant and hitting notes that you can see where it's coming and where the climax will be. Sasha Banks-Bailey... There's a reason that the rumours of WWE extending the feud, there's a reason that those rumours can be believed, because they're telling it so slowly and so gradually. Uh, it's not normally how WWE tells stories. So that might be the only reason there might be some pushback. But I am person- perfect. I'm perfect, again, I'm English. If you've seen our dramas, <laughs> if you seen how slow-paced they are, I'm fine with a slow-paced drama. Uh, it's just uh, with... Uh, with Banks and Bailey, I don't need it to happen at SummerSlam. You could even have the I guess, inciting incident that could happen at SummerSlam. You could prolong it that long, where you've had tension slowly building, and it starts off as a rumour of possible tension with they keep shooting down, and then that becomes a reality, where if you keep saying something long enough, people start believing it, and Banks and Bailey, that, that tension can genuinely grow, and come SummerSlam, it overspills. That's the inciting incident, then you go on from there, and kind of build to a fallout rather than just a big turn because again that's something with a uh, phrase with AEW who I've done really well not to really talk about apart from the crowd comparison but with AEW my uh, example is going to be Hangman, a uh, Hangman Page with his really slow turn where when I say turn it's not a heel turn and if you take a really long time to establish both, chari- both sides of the character and the uh, believable tensions from each point of view, it doesn't really matter if they turn, they don't really turn heel. Whether, who is face and who is heel doesn't really matter, that's what I was trying to get to. It doesn't really matter because you've got two characters the crowd are invested in who are, ble- who are blatantly at odds and it's, bo- it's believable from both sides that they would be at odds and it's totally understandable why the other person is, even if you then choose personally choose a side of which person you want to cheer for. Hangman his story's been told so perfectly that yeah neither he nor the jacksons are in the right they're both being a bit of a dick to each other and it'd be totally understandable for each party why they would fall out and they got the thing going on afterwards but still again that's a similar one where we're still in that build where it's more room is like visible some kind of tension but it's not really definite a definite falling out it's not at that point so, there, that's two examples in both promotions of a slow build gradually playing out, and both are still at a similar pace. Again, I don't know if Hangman's would still be at the place it is if it wasn't for Covid, kind of with Hangman not being on AW for quite some time, They've kind of just picked up where they were all the way back in March because, like, he's lost two months. Banks and Bailey's been going for all of that time, and they haven't done a turn at WrestleMania, nothing happened at Money in the Bank. They just kept kind of adding the pressure, just building the tension. I'm a massive fan of that. Just. Yes. <laughs> just keep going with it. Yeah, Intercontinental Championship Tournament, I brought it up. I don't really mind who wins that, but that leads to a nice way. I can't remember if they said that that final will be at Backlash sure or if that's just on SmackDown. Because I tend to tune SmackDown out. <laughs> it was October. Because I was doing a in September, I started doing a column where I was covering every mainstream show on US television. To uh, do with WrestleMania wrestling. And it was like Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW. I was talking about all four shows, and in before NXT and AEW debuted, I would be talking about Raw, and SmackDown, and I was they were both they were both fine enough, but as soon as October hit, suddenly SmackDown just became my least favorite show immediately, and it, there were some weeks where I just flat out went, I just don't want to watch it, <laughs> so I just didn't watch it, and I did some random topic. or I. Focused in on one individual thing that I'd watched the week before and seen a clip of on YouTube on Twitter, so it's like yeah, just go with that. That'll do. It's close enough. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> so it's I started tuning SmackDown out like in October, November, then like all the way. Eventually, I just stopped watching it completely. And in this era, I've checked it out. It's nowhere near. I'd arguably say SmackDown is better than before the lockdown. Because it was just so not my cup of tea it's, It is a personal better I don't know if it actually If you were to like Assess every piece of it critically I don't know if you'd say Oh yeah 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 it's definitely better But for me it is As a helicopter goes overhead I live too close to an army base to do a late night show um, But with With Smackdown It's just been emblematic of everything I don't particularly like about WWE all wrapped up in one show. Monday Night Raw, it's not all there. It's not all in one show, or if you see those traits, they're spread out. They're either spread out across three hours, so it doesn't feel like you're being like, slapped in the face. Or, they're spread out against, across multiple episodes, so you don't really feel it from week to week. SmackDown's like, every week, it was hitting me with stuff that I... That, like Reasons I don't... I, no, that's not right. Gripes I have against WWE were all under presentation of SmackDown. So it's like, yeah, I could see how people would enjoy it. Just not me. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to Kobe or what, whatever uh, city. New Japan are running in Tokyo. Others, oh, t- Japan cities. It's late and it's hot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so SmackDown has been f- fine, I guess. Uh, interesting to see how it that one works with the live cloud just because of the nature of the segments they've got. Monday Night Raw again is a lot more building to like a new era of it and building those characters, whilst SmackDown still feels like things happening. It's not moved past that for me. I've am building like Raw is seemingly putting in effort to try and get me invested in these new characters. SmackDown not as much, but we might see a change because there's rumoured to be quite a few NXT call-ups. And Matt Riddle is the massively rumoured one, and that gives that essence to SmackDown that it doesn't have compared to Raw. Again, that build for that new generation, and this is kind of a really good time to establish characters and kind of get them out there. Unless you Bianca Belair has just gone missing, <laughs> like, I wouldn't mind her back on my television because she's really good. But ah, uh, them, them's the breaks of <laughs> way too big of a roster. Uh, but anyway, I, I oh yeah, I'll hold off my massive judgment of SmackDown just because it may not have been for me in the past, but I've liked certain things about it currently. And they've got the new kind of feeling of it all with the uh, we have the E3, Microsoft e E3 3 crowd there <laughs> cheering everything on. It uh, might feel a little bit better. Who knows? But it terms of backlash. Their build definitely feels like it's filler. And Braun Strowman versus Miz and Morrison. You can't get more filler than that. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, you could establish Braun Strowman as a dominant champion with it, but it is still filler. Like you, you, you get sometimes you get decent filler, but. Filler's still filler. <laughs> so at the end of the day, it's still not necessary to watch. Which would be my big takeaway from SmackDown's kind of world at the moment. But it gives time for Bray... It makes Bray Wyatt's kind of return and kind of escalation from what happened at Money in the Bank. It makes that feel a bit more natural. It's not as immediate. And that's... Really, it's been my biggest takeaway looking at Backlash. It's not been as immediate as your normal builds. It feels like this is a... Bit of a filler pay-per-view, but they are still building their bigger stories. We're not month-to-month, new story, new story, new story. But no, there are slow builds generally happening. But the marketing hype is really bizarre. (laughs) Really weird. We'll see if I can see the chat still. I cannot see the chat. It's not a thing. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to. So I can't really do any questions or anything. Apologies if you sent anything in. (laughs) I just can't say it. Um, My laptop decided not to do it. So I guess that also means I might be signing off a little early from this one, but yeah, I guess. Uh, anyway, backlash—it's been bizarre. Uh, I guess sending comments <laughs> after this video finishes uh, rendering. Uh, YouTube's been really slow rendering for me for the past uh, week or so. So all of our episodes have taken like a day to render. Um, I guess in the current climate and world, I've, I was expecting way worse than we've currently had with uh, YouTube. So they've done a much—they've done a really good job in working with that. In terms of like the warnings people are getting, in terms of oh, expect loads of issues with monetizations because we haven't got people to check it, get a uh, brace for other things as well. I've not really had anything, it's, it's been a nice to move sailing. So, I guess good work to the people who are able to. Work. <laughs> I'm babbling on a bit, uh, the babbling book. Anyway, uh, I'll be back next Thursday with. Some form of content, <laughs> I guess. But what are you thinking about Backlash? Do you think the build's been really bizarre? Is it just me? You can hit me up on Twitter at the TheDamnInfracat. Uh, follow uh, Wrestling Headlines or Laws of Paint at Laws of Paint as well uh, with all the latest wrestling news. Yeah, I'll be back next week to talk about some kind of topic. Uh, let me know in the comments. I will do my best to t- tune in and have a look at them. Uh, again, things that really help as well, just liking. The liking and subscriber thing is, is, is YouTube. If you're listening on podcasts, then five stars on whatever thing you're listening to. Uh, that really helps us as well. Uh, just to, It helps get us out there Just of algorithms. The algorithms! That was from a comedy thing. Uh, the algorithm. It's because of the... Oh, oh, it's irritating me now. It's from something. <laughs> anyway, was it workaholics? Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, <laughs> before I drift off too much. Uh, so uh, next week, I before it gets back to my show, uh, I'll be guesting on the Social Suplex Network on the podcast Keeping It Strong Style. Uh, they're having guests on each week. Uh, that is a New Japan Pro wrestling centric show. And I'll be guesting to talk about a topic. A poll went live yesterday to decide what we'll be talking about. And it was neck and neck up until the end. And uh, the final vote won with a two vote difference. And there were quite a few votes submitted. So <laughs> it was neck and neck the entire time and one by two votes. Uh, so I'll be talking about Katsuyori Shabati's career over on uh, Keeping It Strong style like yeah he was one of my favourites when I started watching and then of course everybody knows what uh, yeah fans of the who followed that world know what happened to Shibata afterwards so we'll be watching three matches and talking about his career over on Social Suplex Uh, that'll be going up I think on Tuesday (laughs) question mark I drew a question mark because I'm weird Uh, but yeah so that'll be uh, so I'll be guessing on that show this week so if you want to go check that out their show from this week where they talked about AJ Styles in New Japan if you want to go listen to that as well uh, so you can check me out on that show before I'm back on this one next week to talk about all the wrestling things. And uh, this week I found a topic. I can't guarantee that next week. Luckily, there's an NXT in your house pay-per-view. So that'll be happening. So I might as well do a massive preview for that. Just to look at everything. And yeah, of course, I've definitely been watching. <laughs> it's only realisation of, oh yeah, I've not watched NXT since WrestleMania. <laughs> so that'll be an awesome uh, preview. Well, I won't know what on earth is going on. Uh, I've seen uh, Matt Riddle versus what's his face from Ring Camp. Oh, uh, Thatcher. it's actually a Thatcher. I see uh, the like fight pit that looks really really good. I've heard great things about that as well. So yeah, so I'll be previewing NXT in our house next week. Uh, this was about Backlash. The week after that, previewing Backlash. It's a nice nice little run. But the build for Backlash has not been as weird as I have found it to be? Is it just me? Is it just marketing? Shut up him. Shut up him. It's just marketing. Nobody cares. <laughs> or is it jarring like I was saying? Like, is it, uh, does it relate to the matches at all? <laughs> Comment below. Let me know. Uh, again, I'll be in there to chatty, chatty. Uh, with that, I say thank you for listening to this and sticking with me for this entire thing. If you have for some reason, uh, I'll be back this week. Uh, with that, uh, I bid you adieu. Adios. Say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Hi. That's <laughs> so weird. <laughs> right, adios.